0: Welcome to the Faros Fit Podcast, where we help you to explore your capacity to move better, push further, and achieve your limitless potential through fitness, nutrition, recovery, and lifestyle. Hey guys, welcome back to the Faros Fit Podcast. Uh, Great to be back with you guys. I am here today with Cynthia Velasquez. She is a strength coach, uh, CrossFit coach, boxing coach, and a doula. Um, we're a nutritionist, right? A nutritionist, a nutritionist. A nutritionist. Yeah. And yeah. uh, we've known her for a number of years, and her her level, uh, her expertise seems to keep expanding into all these different fields. So we're super excited to speak to her about it all. Um, I'm here with Emily as well. Hey, Emily.
1: Hello. I'm so excited to. I feel like I've known you for like a decade. Um, Cynthia yeah, it's crazy to think much. that like yeah basically like a decade and maybe even more than that so yeah I feel like you're very much like OG in this space and so it's fun to uh, know somebody and to watch our paths kind of like you know take uh, take shape and see where they go and then to come back and, and meet up and you know we're we're both spreading the good word and so it's fun to to connect on that
0: And just so you guys know, uh, Emily right now is what, 20 weeks?
1: 20 weeks yesterday.
0: 20 weeks through her pregnancy. So this podcast today is very topical for us. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, pre and postnatal training and and such and everything that goes along with that. Um, We're going to dive into that a little bit. But first of all, uh, I just want you guys to be introduced to Cynthia. I want you guys to hear a little bit about her backstory, how she got into um, the fitness space and how that kind of evolved. So Cynthia, why don't you kind of start from the beginning, wherever you want to start from. Wherever the beginning
2: uh, is for you. Yeah,
0: and just let us know uh, know (laughs) how it all began.
2: I feel like the beginning is... I had a boyfriend, he was running a marathon, and he wanted me to run with him, and I couldn't even get around the block, and just feeling (laughs) so defeated, like I was, it was, but I want to say it was a very large block, it was like a studio, or one of the Los Angeles, like Hollywood studios was, so it was pretty big, (laughs) like a big Big run, Um, but man, I was like huffing and puffing, I... I couldn't run around the block and I felt super defeated. Um, I had gained a lot of weight. I was no longer super active. This is somewhere in like my mid-20s. Um, and I just stopped being active. I was eating a, a ton of food and not exercising much. So um, I wanted to do something about it. And it's funny because I just remember sitting in my apartment watching The Biggest Loser. <laughs> and really that. feeling like it. I just, I love the passion that um, these folks like brought to their journey, like how much they were fighting for, you know, they were fighting for their health, their longevity, their families, all of this. And I was just like, if these guys are doing it, then I need to get my ass in shape and do it too. So I actually would work out while I watched the show. That was really the beginning. Um, I would, you know, do sit-ups or squats during commercial breaks And started to make these little adjustments and um, eventually joined a boxing gym. So as a kid, like a kid, my dad, that's one of the sports he really loved watching as one of the things that we would do together. Like he would hold up hands for me and I'd punch his hands. So like there was that like love for boxing. I always wanted to do it. So that was where I started. I started in a boxing gym. And, you know, all the super intense cardio, just, I shed a lot of weight doing that. And also those yeah. little tweaks to my diet. Um, Then boyfriend and I moved to West Hollywood and right around the corner from a CrossFit trim is actually where I met um, Emily. And so <laughs> I, yeah, and they were offering a free week and I found a flyer and I joined. And that's really like where it, things started to progress a lot more. So I got into CrossFit and strength training. What was, was only- this? Oh, this was like the first year they opened I want to say 2010 or 2011 whatever mm-hmm. the first year they opened was I can't was remember that Hollywood, or Hollywood
0: Hollywood yeah. oh
2: no um brick, oh, no, you're right it brick. was brick you're right you're yeah right. in West Hollywood yeah. so um yeah joined there and just really loved honestly actually let me take that back I didn't love fitness to begin with it was something <laughs> that grew on me <laughs> Yeah, I actually hated it and um, would get mad at my boyfriend for going to class when I didn't feel the desire to go. And then one day just was like, you know what, like, why am I getting mad at him for doing something good? You know, he's doing something to benefit his health. um, And I'm sitting on the couch judging him. So I decided to just make a commitment to go to the gym for 30 days straight. and, and And that just kind of sparked the habit and made it fun.
0: That's great. And what then, a great way of doing it. So you made that commitment yeah. for 30 days. You went every day for 30 days? I
2: went every day for 30 days. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What yeah. a great way to do it.
2: Um and from there, you know, was working at the gym as a front desk staff, you know, then got into coaching, got certified as a CrossFit coach. Um, and through the years, I've just, you know, added to my toolbox, I would say. I I had a brief like mentorship by a um, a Hollywood like a trainer, a trainer to like movie stars, and one of the things that stood out to me the most from his mentorship was that he really advocated for me to like get out there and um, add as much as I could to my toolbox. That CrossFit was great, but I needed to add more to that. And I was like, "You're right, I really do." So I went out and got all different kinds of certifications and started to look at training differently. So, um, and where did that
1: start? Was it like what was the was it just off of like curiosity and passion, or was it of like need based off of like where your clients were at and what they needed so you're like oh i need to learn more about this like how did you decide how to expand the toolbox
2: Uh, Well, it started with him because it was kind of like one of the things he wanted to see. He wanted to see me do more. Like he liked me, my personality. He thought I would be great with clients. He liked the way that I gave instruction and the energy I brought to coaching, but he thought that I I still need to learn a little bit more. And so, um, yeah, I took that advice and I was like, okay, I'm going to learn more. And I'm so glad I did because I'm, i I'm a, someone a student who loves to learn like I'm always like you said you, you've known me for however long and uh the things that I do and what I know just keeps expanding expanding because of that desire to like know more mm-hmm. um and so yeah just started there got like certified just a general like NASM certification animal flow like raw functional movement um and I just love I love movement I love training I yeah all of it excites me awesome well,
0: go ahead well i was gonna say and then you then you got back into boxing kind of the wonderful yes. circle, right
2: yeah so i, I think, got back.
0: I think the last boxing. time i saw you you were a boxing coach at one of the was it the floyd mayweather one or one of the boxing yep. coaches yeah. yeah
2: i was so i was um it was a cool experience to be one of the um uh, founding like coaches at their flagship gym in los angeles so super cool i remember yeah. the first top class i taught floyd was there and it was like the big you know it's was like oh, right. shit i'm i'm teaching a class and floyd's like right there and uh, it was really fun um was that, that was,
0: was that the year before the pandemic or was that
2: that was 2018
0: yeah so the year before 2018 the a, few, oh, yeah. a few
2: years before the pandemic yeah yeah
0: well the pandemic yeah. started in 2019 right
2: no, I guess so. I, the end of 2019, yeah. no one knew about You didn't know about it until 2020. Come on, yeah, you didn't know about it until March. March 2020 is when all right. the hell broke. <laughs> Damn that, COVID. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's basically, I guess um the gist of it I've been doing it for a long time I got certified in CrossFit in 2012 so yeah 10 years of um being a part of this fitness community learning awesome. and growing mm-hmm.
0: and um and from there I mean what, what do you before we move on to the, the doula stuff mm-hmm. um what do you do right now to stay fit are you still CrossFitting or do you do what do you what do you do
2: you no, know, I don't really do CrossFit, but I will say I still really enjoy a good CrossFit workout, but I'm not in a, a part of a CrossFit community any longer. I just work out at home in my backyard. Um, right. and occasionally I might get like this desire to either do some Olympic lifts or do a workout yeah. with Olympic lifts. Scratchy, for the most part, yeah, it's mostly like functional bodybuilding. I do, right. you know, just typicals like back biceps, yeah. upper body,
0: yeah. You're, 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 what, I call a, you're what I call a recovering CrossFitter. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> or, or a, yeah, or
1: a CrossFit graduate where it's like you, anyone who's been in it for like, you know, a decade or more, like it, there are very few that are still like diehard doing it every single day kind of deal where it's like, yeah, you want to scratch the itch and the workout itself is so like great, but do we need to do it five days or six days or seven days a week? Maybe not, you know, and there's so much other movement to explore and enjoy that, that, um, you know, it's nice to expand your horizons when it comes
2: to to movement and all of that. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I'm also a a year into postpartum. So, Mm. um, you know, training just looked very different during my pregnancy and it's looked different during Um, postpartum recovery, not just the recovery aspect of it, but just the amount of time I have available to train, you know? (laughs) So some weeks I'm like, Ooh, I got like four workouts in, I'm super proud. And then other weeks I'm just walking a ton and that's enough for me, you know? So it kind of fluctuates. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so when you found out you were pregnant, did you specifically
1: make any changes? Did you, did that inspire, you know, getting certified and becoming, you know, more involved in um, like being a pregnancy and postpartum kind of coach? How did, how did your own athleticism and then coaching change once you found out you were pregnant?
2: Honestly, it had changed already so much, like the type of workouts I was doing. I was able to pretty much do everything I was already doing without a lot of modification. Um, I just kind of took out, um, I took out crunches, any sort of variation of crunches, sit ups, things like that. Um, And I wasn't in a CrossFit gym, so I wasn't hanging on bars, doing kipping or anything like that any longer so that I didn't need to tweak that. I wasn't really doing barbell movements. Uh, So I didn't need to change from barbell to dumbbells because I had already kind of made that switch. Right. Yeah. I think so for me, the biggest thing that changed was just my kind of core stabilizing exercises, like focusing a lot on like farmer's carries or just like, you know, static holds, things like that, or, or my breathing strategy. Totally.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of like, that's always the first thing when you're pregnant, you hear, okay, stop doing core exercises, but that mm-hmm. you still need to stabilize. And like back pain is still a thing during pregnancy. So mm-hmm. I feel like there's a, uh, not necessarily a misconception because like, yes, we stop doing core exercises as like the famous ones, like crunches, sit-ups, hanging leg raises, V-ups, like all of those types of uh, core exercises. But what would you say are your like favorite quote unquote core exercises that you are like prescribing to or in doing yourself
2: uh, uh, in pregnancy and postpartum? Um, dead bugs, any sort of variation of dead bugs. Um, uh, what is it, the, uh, the bear holds. Mm-hmm. um doing offset carries so a lot of like overhead and down at the bottom mm-hmm. or both overhead or um let's see I really enjoy doing like around the world with the kettlebell Uh huh. Yeah. that was yeah. really fun for me for whatever reason I enjoyed that but yeah. um yeah a lot of carries and bear holds dead bugs like that's what I was doing mostly very good
0: very cool so how did the how did the the kind of transition start between the, to, to becoming a coach uh, a, a post post pre and post bottom coach and a doula how did that all happen
2: um gosh I feel like it really it truly is a culmination of just all the years of experience and then me being pregnant and having my daughter
1: yeah. um
2: just I again going back to like the student and I want to know everything I want to dive in as much as I can when I got pregnant I was just like The student. I wanted to learn everything I could about um, the process of being pregnant, about labor and delivery. Um, I chose to do an unmedicated birth at home. So I really wanted to be prepared for what that was going to look like and feel like. So, um, so much went into that, like not just um, physically and learn. It was like mentally heart space, like opening up my heart, like really becoming aware of a lot of my fears and beliefs that I, was, that I had about um, pregnancy and birth and what that was gonna look like. So diving in head first to all of that and being super excited during my pregnancy, um, there was so much I didn't know that I discovered throughout through the journey, right? And I'm just like, why are not more women um, given this information and supported And, um, you know, given the opportunity to tap into their power, like, shit, man, after going through this, sorry for my language, but after going through that, I'm like, women, um, you know, uh, birthing people, they're, they are like, superhuman, you know, there's like, we create life inside of us. We support life and we push a baby out of us or, you know, or a a full term human comes out and is alive and is a part of the world, you know, and that's just amazing to me. So I'm just, I just fell in love with, with um, yeah, that whole journey. And um, I got such great support through my doula and the midwives that I worked with. It, it was like a no-brainer to me. As soon as I was done, I, like my first meeting with my, my doula, I was like, so I'm really interested in becoming a doula. And she was like, right. she was so excited. She was like, it'd make you be great.
0: For, for people that don't know, because honestly, coming from Britain, I had no idea what a doula was. What, what mm-hmm. is a doula and what is the role and responsibility of a doula?
2: A doula is a pregnant person's like support. Person. like they all they are solely responsible for keeping that birthing person um, supported feeling loved safe in that labor and delivery but but even in their prenatals it's about um, you know you go over their birth plan you help them decide like what that's going to look like for a lot of people, you don't really know what birth even is. You know what the different stages are, what to expect, how to know if you're in labor. Um, you kind of you provide that childbirth education um, ahead mm-hmm. of time as well. You explore these different um, relationships relationships to your to yourself, relationship with your partner, relationship with your family members because all of that you know is at play um, during pregnancy and um, and after. So big part of it was developing a stronger relationship with my partner. Um, yeah, deciding like what's what's my birth plan. So talking through those things with the birthing person and then when it's go time, um, providing that constant support, um, whether it's emotional or physical, um, setting the mood for the space, like trying to create the most loving, um, yeah, space for the person
0: to get birth in. And presumably the advantage is with you because when someone hires you to be the doula, you were also doubling it up as a strength coach slash doula. So you can prepare them physically for the birth, yeah. help them through the birth and then train them after the birth. So it's like a triple triple header. Yeah,
2: um, and, and is nutrition that, is that how too. You, like-
0: yeah, and the nutrition too, which we'll get to in a second. Is that how you kind of market yourself or, or do you even market yourself or is it all just-
2: Yeah. So I I changed my handle on Instagram. It's now built for birthing. And the idea is that we're, we're built to give birth. We're built to, um, but then also to that also fits into just my background in strength training too. And just, you know, I feel like the years of training beforehand also helped support me in my pregnancy. You know, I didn't really deal with a lot of aches or pains during my pregnancy. Um, I think it had to do with building a strong body beforehand, like having, having already had that. Um, So I want to support people in getting strong and ready beforehand um, feeling comfortable and um, throughout their pregnancy and then right now I'm actually getting certified um, through the body ready method and Mm. this is looking at the body um, the tensegrity I don't know if you've heard of that like um, before this idea that everything is connected so when something is aching in one point like trying to find the lines of connection in the rest of the body not so, too similar from anatomy trains and tom myers and
1: structural yes American and absolutely American and all of that yeah, yeah.
2: Yep, so Lindsay McCoy, um, who created this program, she quotes him a lot, Um, and yeah, so I'm super excited about that, like the the little like geeky person inside of me, like I'm so excited with the curriculum, and to know that I'm learning um, information that's going to help me support um, people in, during labor and delivery, like if there is something going on where babies may be like stuck in an awkward position, um, knowing different maneuvers to release um, tissue to help create more space in the pelvis for baby um, to move and hopefully successfully um, get through. Yeah. The pelvis. Um,
1: What would you say? So if someone decides to um, have an unmedicated uh, home birth, what would you say are some like um, advice or like key strategies that maybe work for you um, and things that you recommend uh, people who are like, you know, looking for that experience. Because um, it isn't easy, and obviously, you know, yeah. and there's a lot in the world. Um, that is, uh, that, you know, you need a lot of like support and a lot of like mental toughness, because as soon as it gets tough, it's really easy to just like kind of decide, um, to, uh, you know, a different route. So, um, Mm -hmm. if people are really like, um, hell bent on that being their, uh, experience, what would you say to like, help them set them up for success?
2: Yeah. First, I want to say if someone chooses an epidural or like, doesn't go that route, like, I Feel like that's totally fine too oh totally i had a schedule <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: 10 out of 10 recommend <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, uh, uh, across the gamut of ways to give birth you know um but for for those that are uh really wanting that experience um yeah. and and all of that yeah
2: so i think it's important to know how you handle you know pain and handle stress like beforehand so becoming really aware of like yeah, how you show up in those, in those scenarios. So you can, so there's a really cool way to do that. There's this, um, um, what is it called? A, sorry, my mind blanks sometimes when I'm searching for words and I can't find them. That's all right, we're patient. An exercise.
1: <laughs> An <laughs> exercise. <laughs> That is literally me pregnant right now. It's like, what's that word that I use a hundred <laughs> times a day that I can't exactly. find on the of my tongue right now?
2: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, really, that's the word I can't find. Uh, so there's an <laughs> exercise that you can try where you're holding like ice in your hand um, for like two minutes. It's gonna, it's gonna be uncomfortable. You could try different like here. At, um, I'm sorry cryo exercises that kind of like test the the limits of you physically mm-hmm. um, to see how you respond. And you can do it a few times to see like, okay, does it help me to have someone talking to me, me talking to them while I'm feeling this, this discomfort? Does it help me to visualize instead? So kind of finding what helps you separate yourself from the pain? Because the pain is going to be there. It's childbirth. There's going to be pain, um, but are you able to mentally separate yourself from what's happening physically and go somewhere else and find peace in that place, or be the observer of what's happening but not actually like uh, sit into the, sit in the suffering?
0: Could you do eye spots for that, or is that too extreme?
2: You know, I don't know if I've are recommended in pregnancy. I'd have Why to look into that. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think there's
0: been any studies into it, right? Yeah, I've probably never not. read anything, but yeah.
2: I love ice baths. Oh my yeah. God. But ice baths are what prepared me, I feel like, for pregnancy. There were several things that I could remember before I got mm. pregnant that helped support me through that experience. So yeah. um, ice baths were one of them. I used to like be unable to sit in a a cold ice bath for more than like five seconds like I'd just be like (gasps) I thought my whole body was going to break and die I was just going to shrivel up and die with the cold um and then I had this experience of just observing other people in ice and being like well they're not dying (laughs) I was like well their limbs are not falling off and they seem calm and peaceful in there like how is it that they can so like watching others so i actually do recommend um that people watch birthing videos people you know there's like amazing videos out there where there's people just uh, breathing like that and maybe just like comes out no problem <laughs> what, what that you, wasn't you, the just, case for me i was screaming no. bloody murder but there, it happens
0: well you, you just said so interesting because we always say like you know, we put ourselves under stress in the gym so that we're better at dealing with stress outside the gym. Uh, And I've never heard anybody like talk about it that way when it comes to to pregnancy, but that's a really good point. Like you have to be able to understand yourself and how you deal with stress in those moments. Um, So to create that artificial stress it's going to be beneficial for you through pregnancy. That's a great way to look at it. And
1: remembering, we're calling it, having yeah. a strategy for, you know, knowing that you've overcome and been through and, uh, you know, endured a lot and how mm-hmm. that, how that happened. Um, you know, you can tap into that power as you, as you called it to be able to, um, to, you know, do that. So that's great. So knowing that it's painful and having a strategy to separate yourself from the pain, that's a great kind of first step any other kind of like advice or recommendations you give to um women undergoing I mean really any type of because it's not like an epidural is a walk in the park either um mm-hmm. you know or anything Thank for that matter you know um so what other kind of like strategies and uh, recommendations or advice would you give
2: um yeah so the knowing part I want to just want to go to real quick when you are about to transition when you're about to push your body is sending out these sort of stress hormones they're actually it's a really beautiful part of like the bio or physiology of like birthing a baby those stress hormones are purposeful for a baby to prepare baby for exiting and being a part of this new world outside of the womb but for the person who's giving birth like you're, you're, those stress hormones are also running through you. So you get to the point where you're like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't take this anymore. Just knowing that when you get to that part, that's just like the biology doing what it needs to do. Like it's, it's just the part of birth. It's a part of that process. So when you get there, like that was helpful for me to know, like, I may get to a point where I'm going to be like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But knowing that that was just like the normal, like, unfolding of birth right so when it happened for me because it did happen for me i was like i don't like this (laughs) i just remember saying oh i don't like this i don't like it uh but like in that moment even though i didn't like what was happening just like knowing back there in my head it was like okay this is a normal unfolding Mm -hmm. um It helped to communicate with my partner what my desires were. So that was really clear. You know, um, we had a safe word. That was something our midwives um, recommended. So if it really got bad, it's like my word was sprinkles. <laughs> if I said sprinkles, I wanted either an epidural, I want to be transferred to the hospital. Like I was done laboring at home. I was ready for a change. So um, wow. establishing that with my partner and our birthing team So if you are choosing to do a home birth, it might be something that your midwives will go over with you anyway. Um, But that was one of them. And I just, um, yeah, I just created a space at home. I had a lot of affirmations up. I meditated a ton throughout my pregnancy. I think it's important to uh, create some sort of ritual between you and baby before baby even arrives. So I would spend a lot of time in meditation, a lot of time talking to her, Um, Just kind of feeling into the baby's energy because there's like it's incredible you're so connected right when they're living inside of you. Um, So a lot of that uh, helped too. I had pictures of my grandmother's um, posted. Um, my grandmothers were from rural parts of Puerto Rico. One of my grandmothers birthed 16 babies at home, the other birthed 10. So I was like, I was like really grasping into that, like ancestral strength. I was like, grandmas, you got me, let's go. (laughs) That's
0: awesome. Um, When it comes to strength training, and I know you mentioned a little bit about core before, but were there any like specific strength uh, exercises that you would recommend? I mean, that this can be for all kinds of birthing, obviously, but were there any, like, you have to do these five movements? These are the most important ones.
2: I really focus on keeping, like, my posterior chain. Right. Um, uh, working my posterior chain. So I did, um, you know, lunges and deadlifts and... Uh, hip thrusts um a lot of like rowing exercises yeah. for my for my back to just kind yeah. of prevent that rounding forward sure. and just sure. yeah Stop that back support that. so yeah. so i would definitely um those are those are things that i would uh recommend is just keeping that if even if even if somebody hasn't already, see, I'm going into it already, um, you know, years in and strong, right. I think that you can still build strength, even through your pregnancy. So if you're someone who hasn't worked out in the in the past, you can still do that by um, even incorporating just a different breath strategy, right? Like in, yeah. incorporating your breath with your connecting to your core and building strength there.
0: Um, and what about um, things to absolutely avoid? Is there anything exercise? Because you know, you have so much about what you should and you shouldn't do. And you see, obviously you see a lot of CrossFit women like still snatching, still doing all these things like all the way up until birth. Is there anything yeah. your experience you're like, you know what, I really would avoid XYZ. Mm,
2: I would just avoid anything that's gonna put extra pressure on the linea alba. Like you don't want to have that, you know, there's going to be some separation in your abdominal wall anyway, right, um, right. because of baby, but um, like putting any extra pressure there, I would just avoid doing unnecessary like movements that are going to create that. Um, yeah, and also really- I, maybe for me, I tried to avoid, you know, exercising to the exertion. Like I was always taking breaks. Mm. It wasn't like, Oh, I have right. to be the fastest. I have to do this super quick. It was you know, I'm going to do my exercises. And when I feel like I'm out of breath, I'm going to pause, I'm going to catch my breath and let my heart rate come back down. And then I'll get, I'll get to the rest when all that's, you know, when my heart rates down and I'm feeling rested.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's like, it's not that you can't, but should you, or, what's the real advantage of doing this right now that
1: really like- is the huge thing like the can yeah. should, and then in um uh, brianna battles uh, uh pregnancy and postpartum athleticism cert like that's like one of the main principles is that like athlete brain and mm-hmm. overcoming overcoming that part of yourself that is like no i have to push through this and all of that you know and like yeah. your everything that you've been taught pre-pregnancy you kind of have to like check yourself and unlearn or have a different approach because you know like Olympic lifting is a good example and I love the way uh, Brianna kind of approaches it is like you spend how many years trying to hone in on your technique to have a straight bar path that goes straight up and down and then when you're pregnant then you're like oh I'm still gonna do it so I'm just gonna let it go up and around and and all of that and then like so you kind of like ruin your technique on those uh, uh, you know on your showing months just just for the sake of doing it. And then you have to unlearn those things when you're, um, you know, so it's not that you can't, but, but should you, or is there something better? Or is there something um, that is, uh, that can be more in line with what your ultimate goal is, as opposed to the part of yourself that just wants to say like, oh, well, you know, I can do this. Mm -hmm. Another good example is like handstands. Mm-hmm. I know, uh, I could not do almost even a down dog. Like I, I do, um, uh, this yoga, like this on-demand yoga class, like almost every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm waiting for the day because it happened with Wyatt um, where I couldn't even do a down dog anymore because like all the blood went it was rushing to my brain and it just felt like a lot of pressure there but I've met some pregnant women who like relieved so much pressure and it felt like their pelvis got a break when they would like go up into a handstand and do all of that and then some people who are like oh well like this uh, the demands on your core and your linea alba and the separation that you might get like is it worth it kind of deal and so it's funny because I I do feel like there there really isn't any absolutes, but you kind of should know that feeling of like if you're putting intra abdominal pressure and you're feeling like bulging or rounding or cramping or mm-hmm. that you're out of breath, you know, um, then like those are the signals to be like listen to your body and not yeah. the listen to your body part of yourself that's like push through all pain, you know, uh, but like the listen to your body that's like no, actually just listen. And it, like, is this nourishing for, for my body and for mm-hmm. my baby, or am I, uh, you know, moving forward with a little bit of ego and thinking that I just, you know, that I can do this because I want to be able to do whatever I can, have been able to do uh, or running, I guess is another yeah, good example.
2: Well. Like I was done I with run. running by then. Anyway, I had a, a ha- old hamstring injury. So I wouldn't even think about running. I don't run. <laughs> I broadcast. remember
1: running and um like i remember doing some light running and even some light jumping like i remember cuz breathing strategy we haven't even like talked about that but like that's another form of core work that was what i was going to add on to your core exercises like breathing yeah. is a form of core work and and um navigating whether you're pregnant or not you know mm-hmm. um navi- navigating your breathing strategies and how to create Um, like intra-abdominal pressure and like, and spread out throughout, as opposed to like coning or like a Valsalva type breathing where you're like, you know, huffing and puffing and push it and like bearing down and pushing out.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, But I
1: remember like jumping and exhaling through the whole range and feeling really good. And then when I didn't feel good, I just stopped doing it. And I remember Mm -hmm. running and it was actually, I think it was like Murph. And I remember Memorial Day and we, while we're not a CrossFit gym, there are some like staple CrossFit workouts that we'll do throughout the year. And Murph is one of those on Memorial Day that we do. Um, And I modified everything, you know, I'm doing push-ups on a box and I'm doing ring rows and my air squats. I could squat forever and live in the bottom of a squat. So I love squatting forever. Um, Mm -hmm. But I remember like I, the, our uh, mile run is a loop around Echo Park Lake, which is like beautiful. And so I was like, I'm going to go. I'm going to start jogging because I still felt fine. I think I was like just under 20 weeks. Um, and I started, you know, going and jogging and I was like, I feel pretty good. I'm going to start walking now. And, you know, just did that. And then on the way back um, on, uh, I like started jogging and I go, this is the last time I'm running. Yep. This is uh-huh. it. This is it for me. Cause I could feel like, you know, pressure bouncing and bearing down and stuff. So like, mm-hmm. it's not that you can't, cause I've known, women who have ran all the way up and through to, you know, before pregnancy and then all the way up and through the end. So I feel like it's kind of dangerous to say like, oh, well, don't do this. But mm-hmm. if you have the strategies to like actually, honestly, authentically listen to yourself and to know what is like nourishing for your body, and what is just kind of like working against like what you'll have to undo later, basically, yeah. um, is a is a good kind of a, a gauge of uh, uh, of what you should be doing, you know. Absolutely,
2: yeah, and not and I think it also benefits, like. To, Becoming aware and um, more in tune with your body and how it's responding or what it's doing, whether it's exercising or even just tuning in to what it needs nutritionally, mm-hmm. um, all of that supports you in birth. Um, be, like the more you can be in tune with yourself, the yeah. more you're going to be in tune with the process of labor you know, you're going to intuitively know like how you need to move your body or what, what you know, what, what your body and baby like need to be doing together
1: um, yeah.
2: in that process of like a birth. So I think, yeah, practicing that early on during the prenatal time is going to benefit you when it comes down to labor and delivery.
0: So once you've, you've gone through the prenatal process, you've gone through the birthing experience, how soon after the birth, do you start any kind of like strength training usually, or how does that, what does that look like?
2: I mean, they'll say six weeks for that, but I honestly feel like, again, like tuning in to how you feel like at six weeks, I wasn't ready. I tried to work out and I was like, mm, no, I was still kind of bleeding a little bit. I think women have to remember, it's easy to forget that we've just delivered a placenta. That's like the size of a plate right? And that's an organ that was attached to our uterus that is now gone. And there's a wound that needs to heal. And because that wound isn't visible on the exterior, I think women feel like they could just go about like their normal routine quickly after giving birth. And you got to remember, there's, a wound that's healing and so like giving it the giving yourself the appropriate time to rest and heal I think is super important um you know the first two weeks just lay low like stay in bed it's hard you're gonna want to like move around and do all kinds of things but if you can if you can stay in bed in or around it for at least two weeks and then introduce maybe walking afterwards you know Mm -hmm. like walking I remember (laughs) I got caught up by my midwives because I was maybe two weeks postpartum. And, um, I went for a pretty long walk. I had done just a little circle around, um, the complex I live in. And this day was like, okay, let's go for a longer walk. And I remember on the way back, it wasn't even a mile. Um, on the way back, I was on the struggle bus. Like I was moving slow. Like, Oh, everything was just like, Oh, I don't, I, why did I do this? And sure enough, like the next day I had a huge, like blood you know, um, ball of blood come out of me. And I like text my midwives, hey, should I be, should I be concerned? Cause it was about a golf ball size. And they say, if it's bigger than a golf golf ball, like let us know. So this was about a golf ball size, like ball, you know, blood clot that came out. And they're like, what did you do yesterday? I was like, hmm, I went for a oh. walk. <laughs> they're like, hey, we need you to just chill. Like, just don't do so much. Um, so after that I was like okay I'm gonna take it easy I did at six weeks six weeks try to do a workout that was a bit more intense and involved like the assault bike and like lunges um, and I just didn't feel right like my hips were super unstable and right. you know my core was still really weak um, so I think it was more around month three that I felt better I felt um more stable doing exercises and that's when I got into um more regular training at around three months
0: so I guess it's kind of the answer is it's kind of different for everybody like you said you have to just listen to your own body and just see how you feel and start when it's right for you
2: Mm -hmm. absolutely and when you start like you know give yourself that time like work on um, connecting to your core again you, gotta, you yeah. gotta remember everything's just been separated right and it's yeah. all finding its way back together again yeah. um, so taking your time with it mm-hmm.
0: so let's talk about nutrition um obviously nutrition plays a, whole, a huge part in this whole thing um are you prescribing anything uh out of the ordinary for pre and postnatal or is it just uh, focusing more on just getting some good nutrients into the body and in and, and the general like scope of things or what does your nutritional planning look like
2: yeah definitely eating enough like eating mm. enough like a balanced food uh you know it's not i wouldn't say it's super- not just cereal yeah, yeah, exactly. Like getting enough protein, it's so important to get enough protein and just like a variety of colorful vegetables and and leafy greens, you know. Um I think overall that's how I coach people in general, you know whether yeah. you're pregnant or not. But in pregnancy you can lose your appetite, you know, maybe you only crave one thing and I don't want to make that like it's not wrong. Sometimes those cravings are exactly what baby needs, like maybe they need a bit more iron, so you're like craving like You know, Um, it just kind of depends. But overall, like, remembering that you're building a human. uh, So trying to connect that again, anytime you can connect to baby, I think in the process helps. So if you can imagine as you're eating, whatever, whatever you're eating, if it's like strawberries or a piece of salmon, that baby's down there just munching down on strawberries and salmon with you. You know, like if you can see, visualize the food actually supporting the growth of your baby, it might encourage you to eat a little bit more or to be more right. mindful when you are eating. Um, that do was you, actually I, something.
0: Sorry, I was nice. going to say, do, do you find most of the women that you're kind of dealing with uh you, you need to encourage them to eat more as opposed to like anybody who's like eating too much and you're having to like pull back a little bit is, is it mainly your job is to make sure they're eating enough good nutrients as opposed to restriction kind of thing or
2: yeah i think so i think across, like there is just in general pregnancy or not like women um have bought into this idea that they have to eat like 15 1600 calories, you know. Um they are a lot of times just under eating, you know. Yeah. Or they say I eat a lot. I eat so much. I'm always eating, but like there's it's like they're eating salads. It's like, yeah, but the food you're eating doesn't right. have a lot of, right. a lot. Of, it's not calorically dense, so you're not actually getting a lot of energy. Um right. so yeah, I think uh what I've seen mostly the the person thinks that they're eating enough. And then when we actually take a, a closer look, you're, they're not eating enough. So it's yeah. like, how do we add to what you're already doing? Whether it's like, let's just, you know, add another scoop of nut butter to your smoothie um, to, to make it it's, a it's little bit It's interesting
0: better. because we're, we're doing the limitless challenge right now. And it's it's the same thing with anybody on who is like like taking a good look at their diet. It's like as soon as they start actually looking at how much protein is in their day, they realize how deficient they are because they're so yeah. far off. It's like, oh, I thought I was eating enough protein, but like, once you actually start looking at the numbers, it's like, oh my god, like it's like less than half of what I should be having, and it's yes. a real kind of like wake up call. So I'd imagine, you know, during pregnancy, obviously that's threefold because you're you're only eating, eating for yourself anymore; you're eating for your eating for your baby. So those things get even more important. So to be aware of, you know, nutrients and how many nutrients do I really need to, to 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 not only for myself to thrive, but for my baby to thrive is a huge, you know, such a huge part of it.
2: Yeah, and in the beginning, it's not like you have to add that much more calories i think towards the right. end especially in that third trimester where baby's like growing exponentially yes. like every week you want to be mindful of getting enough in the beginning it's just eat <laughs> and for some ladies yeah. they're nauseous and they have no desire they have absolutely zero appetite and at that point i'm not going to be like did you eat all the you know did you eat protein this and that no i'm just to be like are you eating are you getting calories in in some form whatever however you can right. um and yeah you just got to have grace on yourself also in that early part it's like goodness gracious the uh, the transformation that you go through right i mean yeah. emily yeah. you're you're halfway point how are you feeling
1: not uh first trimester nausea to the max and like you know throwing up doing the whole thing taking Mm -hmm. taking stuff for it and trying to get my b12 and all that kind of stuff b6 vitamins and all that kind of stuff going on um and then uh second trimester transitioned into the headaches and the sciatica Uh, and I got the, like, I have horrible varicose veins, and Mm -hmm. uh, so, like, a lot of, like, itchiness around those and stuff, and so, it's always so funny, because I don't like to, like, I try not to complain, because it's, like, oh, it's this beautiful, you know, this, like, amazing transformation and all of that, but it is, like, funny how the symptoms, you know transition they're like oh it's great because you're out of the nausea phase and i'm like yep traded it in for the headaches and the the sciatica baby you know and all that like it really just morphs into into what it what it is um i know for my last pregnancy i got cholestasis at the end Mm -hmm. um which for those that don't know it's basically massive itching all over your body caused by your um, kidneys and your liver not functioning properly so your bile acids rise to the uh, surface right underneath your skin Mm -hmm. and you just like want to itch yourself out of uh, out of your body Mm -hmm. um and so yeah I, i always say like my body does not necessarily like being pregnant but uh like most like what you were talking about earlier like not everything that is awesome, like it can still be awesome and be uncomfortable, you know? Like, and training is a great example of that, you know? Where it's like, you're know, you lying down in a pool of sweat and you're like, you just had like the worst workout of your life and you're like, God, I feel amazing, you know? And so I kind of feel a little bit like that. Like pregnancy is by no means fun for me. I do not enjoy being pregnant by by any means. Um, I think the most fun part is like when you start to feel like kicking and excitement and like flutters and all of that kind of stuff you yeah. know that like you know it's happening um and you have a much more of like that tactile relationship with your baby um mm-hmm. I think that that is like you know the part that I look forward to the most and and, and all that um but otherwise yeah I'm very sympathetic to women who are miserable during pregnancy <laughs> Yeah. I'm like I feel you girl I feel you I always used to joke because um uh, the women the amount of women that have come up to me and been like you know it's such a shame that you're so uncomfortable being pregnant because I was pregnant and I just loved every minute of it and I just really felt like this incredible thing was growing inside of me and I'm like good for you I'm very yeah. happy I'm so happy you. that was your experience <laughs> You yeah. know, <laughs> yes. uh, and it's just funny cause it, you know, it, it, every person is different, uh, mm-hmm. and every, uh, like baby is different and every, you know, like I remember with Wyatt, I could not eat protein at all. And like all the way through, like not even just in the beginning, like I just had no taste for meat and no taste for, uh, like vegetables, like, or like raw, like salads, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, vegetables like needed to be cooked and stuff like that. And now it's funny because in this pregnancy, I... And like, you know, I can't eat enough meat. And I'm like all about the salads and all about that kind of stuff. And so it's fun to see how things, you know, shift and change. Um, And it, uh, you know, is the body is a truly incredible thing. What it put, what it can endure and uh, put up with for lack of a better term uh, Mm -hmm. in order to make life happen, you know,
0: um, Cynthia, uh, in, in the postpartum phases, does nutrition look any different or are you kind of like describing the same things? Is it the same kind of battle or?
2: Well, the first, like immediately after giving birth, you could do more nourishing foods. Um, you know, you're losing a lot of blood. So just foods that are going to nourish and kind of like warm the body. Um, there's a great book called the first 40 days, I believe. And it's all just kind of, um, yeah, it's all like recipes for um, those first 40 days after giving birth to mm. just like replenish, like and really nourish moms. So, kind of like fatty, like foods, yeah. that just like ghee, like just super rich foods um, yeah. would help. But not everybody's going to do that. But it's it like the, it's out there, it's recommended, you know? Like, I took that approach during uh, my, postpartum like i had a doula coming in and she was cooking some really nourishing foods for me and then when she wasn't here my partner was and we kind of like we we planned all of that out beforehand and yeah i'd say that it, it helped a ton and um yeah i don't know it, it probably helped too um with like my my milk supply just like having you know eating nourishing foods during yeah. pregnancy and immediately after yeah
0: yeah, I mean there's, there's nothing more important than food, right? Because that's yeah. that's what's sustaining life. That's what we eat, that's what we eat to survive, that's what we eat to thrive. Everything we put in our mouth is a drug, so it's going to affect you in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it is something that people really need to pay attention to, like all the time, uh, and, and especially during. Mm-hmm. To- pregnancy um, and
1: postpartum because like that moment right. that your baby is no longer attached to you and that like you know the food goes to your baby first in most ways like before you even get the nutrients you know it's like a direct yeah. line so when you're no lo- when the when when it's earthbound you know it's a lot more important that you're thinking about like okay how is the food that i'm eating then going to translate to my milk supply and all of that stuff right. if you're um if you're breastfeeding
0: well because you know, when, we, when we work out last like the more stress you put on your body the more quality nutrients you need to get into your body and you've Mm -hmm. just put yourself through the most stressful experience you could possibly have and in that process of course lost a lot of blood like you said Mm -hmm. so yeah like replenishing those nutrients and getting a lot of good stuff into your body to me must be you know a prime primary importance
2: yeah it was for me and it was something i made sure to like plan beforehand yeah what about now uh, these days i'm just like (laughs) like eating blueberries and all like the little things like all the things that my daughter is eating but I try to cook for her the same way that um like she eats what I eat you know but I have to be like really on top of it with myself now because it's so easy to just snack on things yeah so part of like you know like that self-care and postpartum is like making sure I'm eating enough
0: yeah How, how old is your daughter now
2: one, she just turned one on the 11. Yeah, I saw your Instagram yeah. post. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. We, we found that because in the beginning, Wyatt basically shared meals with Emily and they just ate the same thing all the time. Mm-hmm. As they get older, it's like they get exposed to like snacks and like chips and like these kind of snacky foods that you don't really want them eating, but it's yeah. kind of like unavoidable. So you you spend your time trying to balance like make sure he gets some good nutrients in and then like you're gonna have to cave a little bit on ice cream and like jelly babies and like (laughs) bombas
2: yeah bombas or little puff snacks yeah Yeah, it's like yeah yeah,
0: you you find yourself negotiating a little bit as much as you kind of like and then you feel guilt because you're like oh my god am I being a bad parent is he gonna get addicted to this junk food is he gonna get diabetes (laughs) like you get the the rabbit hole yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a bit of give and take.
1: Yeah, it is funny because Wyatt used to literally, once he was, um, you know, and we did baby led weaning. So he was eating mm-hmm. solid foods and, you know, would have like pork chops and be like non on pork chops with a couple teeth kind of deal. And was like, <laughs> you, you know, into that. And um, we had meal delivery uh, service with catered fit. And so we would, he'd have a meal and I'd have a meal kind of deal. Um, Mm -hmm. But then now that he's like older, it's funny. Like every meal, I feel like something new happens. Like we just had like, um, like Asian and my favorite, like broccoli beef. And he loves rice and we had fried rice. And because the fried rice had carrots in it, and it changed the texture of the rice, he was like, Ooh, icky rice and it's like just funny how it's like but you ate this last week like you literally just ate this and now like their brain like you know wants to have opinions about things and notices like differences and textures and all of that and kind of stuff um so it's just really funny to watch uh, well, the, the problem the, pro- the
0: problem is is they develop the power of choice
1: <laughs> yeah, and is that. that a problem <laughs> <laughs> I
0: know. I know. When they're young enough, they don't have any choice, they just eat whatever's in front of them. But they will once they realize they do have choice, it's like, no, I'm eating that, no, I'm eating that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's definitely yeah, it becomes, I'm going
2: through it now. She's yeah, one and already super vocal about what she likes and what she right. doesn't
1: yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's a fun, it's a fun thing. And then like, yeah, all those things, I'm sure you've uh, experienced and felt them, but it's like the, oh, I'll never, like when I'm going to be a parent, I'll never insert whatever it is here. And then you're like, Mm nope totally doing that. Like Mm -hmm. um, Wyatt, we went through sleep training because there was a time when we were moving and and in between spots. And so he was sleeping in the bed with us because he didn't have his own room. Uh, And then getting out of that was like a process. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then it went into potty training, of course and so like we're like oh we'll never like positively incentivize like snacks and like gummy bears and ice cream and then now it's like you went pee pee on the potty you get a popsicle you know it's
2: like,
1: <laughs> you just can't help it and it worked the problem is that it totally works he'll like sit and he's like mom i went pee pee on the potty you're are you proud of me i get a popsicle now and it's like you know you're like yeah son yeah. you get a popsicle yeah, whatever you want. just keep peeing in that
2: potty yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping just to Brad.
0: i'm hoping to switch it to pull-ups soon you want in the body great you get five pull-ups
2: yeah My, my partner is very he's very strict on like food stuff he he's a vegan i was vegan um for a little bit and i went during pregnancy though i really craved eggs and salmon so i broke away from that and now i'm back to eating all the things but my partner is vegan and he's very um yeah, he he cares about all the foods that she's going to be eating, and and he reads all the ingredients, and yeah, he's very very strict on those things right now. He doesn't even like the bombas that much. I'm like, just It's a puff snack. I know
1: <laughs> it's such a hard thing though, because like you realize as you grow, like I, you know, as they're growing, you're growing, and you're becoming less like stringent and strict because like there's, there's just a give and take, you know? So it'll be interesting Absolutely. to see kind of yeah, how yeah. he grows in that. Um, and, and how things shift there. Uh, cause yeah, I remember being like, you know, yeah, we'll never give him gummy bears. And now we're like on a three hour <laughs> drive going back and forth to LA and, uh, Wild, and we're like, here's some gummy bears, <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> and it's just like, what ends up happening? You know? <laughs> what about,
0: uh, we didn't really talk about supplements. What about supplements during this whole process? What What are your kind of like go-tos?
2: Mm. Uh, honestly, I don't do a lot of supplementation. I I took a prenatal vitamin. Um, when I was doing, uh, when I was vegan, I was taking like an omega, uh, what is it? Like a seaweed omega-3 yeah. and um, B12. B, yeah. yeah. So I was supplementing with that. But now that I'm eating um, a broad all range. Of the things, I'm yeah. not really doing that anymore um if someone you already mentioned b6 if you're feeling a lot of nausea that is one of the things i'd recommend it helps it seems to help or just eating small meals like every several hours can help with nausea too but yeah that's i just take a prenatal i still take a prenatal and that's it i've never really been been big on supplements yeah Yeah, i got the prenatal I got the omega three.
1: I got I take rutin, which is really great for mm-hmm. liver and kidney stuff. I ate like I had I've had rhabdo before um, yeah. and all of that, so I feel like I kind of have a predisposition to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the itchiness in the blood flow and the varicose veins and all of that. So I did some did some research. Now, of course, it's worth noting, Peter, that um, the FDA doesn't approve supplements, so therefore, they all supplements are set to not take during pregnancy but mm-hmm. it's like it, it, very 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 common like even what well, right i don't know how they got through but um like even little things like um like the bcaas it says don't take while pregnant the pro some protein powders it says don't take while pregnant fda is um, the
0: worst meanwhile they'll approve baby powder that's got arsenic in it fuck the fda <laughs> <laughs>
1: here folks I just wanted to <laughs> broadly state that because I know people may be listening and then being like wait I should do you know other than a prenatal like are you allowed to take supplements and it's like totally you know under recommendation they there are very few supplements that are like quote-unquote recommended yeah. um you know to take during okay. pregnancy
2: I'm diving into some like herbal like more homeopathic things um as I'm like expanding stuff for for doula services so trying to get into more of that like um looking at yeah homeopathic um treatment versus very cool like cool so yeah. when we have you back on the podcast uh the next time that. around you can tell us a
1: lot more about that <laughs> yeah uh,
0: so, yeah what's the, what's the best way to people or for people to reach out to you to get hold of you to to learn more about you do you have a website or
2: uh, i do so it's da- www.builtforbirthing.com and then built my birth instagram birth. handle is the same built for birthing built so you for can birthing. also email me at cynthia at built for
0: amazing amazing well thank you so much for being on the podcast it was great to talk to you uh this is a time of information that people are going to find really useful so thank you so much we have a thank really um, we have a really strong kind of like family community at the gym and you know a lot of people have kids so um or and, or and, it, and in our broader community as well so um it's a really useful uh topic and um thank you for sharing all your all your knowledge and uh, yeah we wish you the best of luck with it and, and let us know if we can help in any way because we'd love to support you in your journey obviously and uh, yeah, thank you we'll connect again soon um absolutely
2: it's so good to, to be on the call with you guys
0: yeah all awesome right. awesome thank you so much ethia Um, That's it for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Thank you to Cynthia. Thank you to Emily. Lots of good stuff in today's podcast. Uh, We'll be back next week. And don't forget, uh, we are, if you're on the Levelless Challenge, you're doing great. Keep going. Um, 1316 Glendale Boulevard is the gym. Uh, We are open. We open at 6. We close at 9. Everything done at the gym right now. Come check it out. It's rocking. It's awesome. Uh, Opening a new gym in Idlewild. Uh, I'm going to try, I'm going to open by Thanksgiving. Emily thinks I'm crazy. Definitely be open by January at the latest. You can't
1: see the look on my face right now for most of you, but as you can imagine, it's the, yeah, okay
2: face.
0: But, um, (laughs) yeah, I love all all the equipment. It's going to be an awesome, awesome little gym. Um, So come check that out. uh, uh, Yeah, stay tuned, stay tuned. All right, guys, until then, take care. See you later. Bye. (laughs)